you wake up, the guy woke up and he's a cockroach, I think. That's it? I mean, there's more to it than that. I think, but not much. No. Dude, that sounds like a Cronenberg film. Am I crazy? Did Cronenberg do something that's like that? I don't know. The, but I think it was a short. I think it was a short story. Okay. That uh, I think I had to read it in college. Yeah, it was just guy wakes up and he's. Just, I didn't have to read anything in college. I mean, no one has to read anything. <laughs> <laughs> but like other people got like more intelligent in their book selection during college. I just didn't. You were just like a passive. Uh, you're like more <laughs> of a passive student. Well, Did you get more discerning in anything. Oh. I watched a lot of movies, so maybe I became more film literate. Uh, I studied history and psychology, which uh, I should have become better at those things. Did you think you, but you had to have become better at them, right? I guess. That's like... I can write a paper easily now. Yeah, that's what you learned in college, yeah. to, how to write a paper. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in the last couple of years someone just asked me to write a paper. Yeah, so many times. All right, uh, we are rolling. Hey, guys, this is Person About Town, and we are with a guest who's going to tell you who they are and where we are. I'm Steve McConey, and we are at Mike's in uh, Davis Square. All right, so for those of you who haven't been to Mike's, can you describe what this place is like and why it's your favorite? Uh, it's, what it's like is that it's at... Um, it's at like the the corner. Um, it's at the big intersection, which I like, and it's um it's like an open seating arrangement. Um, in the summertime, they have uh, seating outside, which is annoying when you're trying to walk by, but lovely when you're sitting down eating. Uh, and uh, it's the windows are open in the summer. Um, they're closed right now because it's not quite warm enough. Ooh, it's us. Yeah. Is it our food? Thank you. No, this is perfect. Oh, Thank sorry. you. You're not yeah. interrupting anything. Oh, okay. I'll never be like, angry. Is it a TV show or something? It's, uh, <laughs> Much less perfect. interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. Oh, and the ketchup's over there. Oh, thank you. Fantastic. All right. So you were describing what it is, but why don't you say a few quick words about, like, what it is that you're going to be eating? Okay. Uh, first of all, I ordered... Um, uh, and I like to see your face as I ordered, like a crazy person. I ordered a buffalo chicken sub with uh, blue cheese and lettuce, um, a slice of pizza. Uh, it's like a slice of pizza while you wait is a um, is a is a something that my uncle got me uh, got me hooked on. Like, okay. why not have a slice of pizza? So when like you're... food before your food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. like how about we like, the slice while you wait is like something that yeah, like it's. It's like, why not? Um, oh. And then a steak, and steak bomb to go. Uh, those are all three of my favorite things from, because uh, I, I really like leftovers. So what I might do is end up having half of the steak and cheese now and then combining uh, so half to of, go. half of this, half of that? Yeah, yeah. We do, uh, we do like a, a switch. Um, do you ever do that? Like, you ever go to eat with somebody and you, you like do a 50-50 sandwich thing? Uh, not with sandwiches. What I normally do is I'll go to Rosebud, and I, one person will order the Eggs Benedict, another person the biscuits and gravy, and you switch one half and one half. Yeah. Well, that's a great breakfast move. It's particularly good because you do the sweet and savory breakfast. So if somebody gets a savory thing, the other yeah. person gets a sweet thing, and you um, and you really compromise. But nice. 50-50 on the sub is great, too. Okay. Um, I wanted to eat with Gittler. Has Gittler been on the show? Gittler's not been on the show. He's a... He's fantastic, and um, we both kind of felt each other out in terms of our ordering and uh, very delicately broached the idea of doing a 50-50 at the sandwich place in, uh, where was it? Oh, Magoon Square. Uh, Is it like the Magoon Saloon or Old Magoon No, no, it's next to it, but he took me to it. I forget the name of it. It was really good. Um, I forget what type of, they were great sandwiches. No, no, yeah, it's, it's. Right near Magoonstone. I forget the name of it, but it was great. Some okay. sandwich shop. And, uh, I'm very interested in hearing what this like process of like feeling each other out. He was like, it started with the phrase, he goes, you know where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, do you want to do 50-50? And he was like, yes. So it, it worked out perfectly. Um, it really is the, the way to go um, in any uh, sub-ordering. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, we did that, and so I'm gonna take half of this, half of each home, and, uh, when did and then you take have a bite of the, <laughs> the pizza. Yeah. I mean, I waited till you looked away, uh, <laughs> and you were like talking. I was like, uh huh. <laughs> okay. In case everyone was wondering, he folds his pizza in half, holding it crust by the crust. Okay. Do you want to know more craziness about that process? Yes. Once it's in my mouth. I then let it naturally unfold <laughs> so that the flavor, um, so that I experience, like, I, I don't, I'm not a psycho. I don't want to eat just, like, I don't want to taste, like, the bottom of only the, the bottom of a pizza. So, um, 
Yeah, then I like let it open uh, once so it's. So you get like the feeling of the cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like that's for transportation, right. and then it like um, it's like it's like dehydrated cod or something, and then you yeah, then it's in your mouth. Did you just say dehydrated cod? Yeah, it's called bacala, like that cod where you uh, they you like you have to soak it once you get it, and it kind of blooms again. <laughs> Next question. Next question. I was like, I've never eaten. Uh, this type of cod that you seek up, but I respect that you oh, have a process. Anyone has. It's it's a, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. Once you, because I mean, why would that be good? It's dried out old fish, uh, re re wetened, uh, <laughs> and it's awful. Uh, no, that's all right. Um, I know you're through comedy. Do you mm-hmm. want to tell them how you got from being a horrible person in high school to comedy? I mean. I don't think it's a direct line. Maybe <laughs> I think there's been some circling back. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we also sort of know each other, or we found out that we both went to BU. So I went to BU. Um, I mean, I uh, went, yeah, I went to BU. Um, I went to high school down the street that way in Teal Square. Um, what The uh, the front doors in Cambridge, the back doors in Somerville. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so I went to school uh, right down the street, right up Holland Street, and to the left on Broadway, um, and that's our school. Uh, then I went to BU and uh, studied journalism, but did comedy at BU um, and kind of like fell in love with comedy. Found a group of guys who we started doing like some sketch and writing together, and then we would go out into Boston and do comedy. And um, but we would only go out like once, twice a month. Um, okay. And then they stayed more in sketch. They were in um, a sketch group, and they did more sketch, and I was just kind of really loved comedy and uh, stand-up comedy, and uh, so I stayed more in stand-up and writing, too, yeah. Like, would, you, would anyone who knew you in high school expect that you would have become a writer? Mm, yeah, I think so. Well, like, I really liked doing it in, um, in high school. I really liked writing, like, silly things. Um, I don't know, yeah. I think I wanted to be you thinking I wanted to write for, like, The Simpsons. And then the yeah, and then the, like the first class. Did you take Com One and One? Oh, you TA'd it? Oh, because you went there for grad school, right? So for Com 101, then they have like all like, you know, they have someone from film come in and they like, they have someone from journalism and they, they, and they lecture. And I remember Mitch Zuckoff, who he just wrote the book, thir- he wrote the 13 Hours book, which the movie is based on. He came in and he talked about writing these long stories and interviewing interesting people and traveling around the world and, you know, telling these like heartbreaking or like, um, detailed stories and I was like this is amazing and then the the um the people from who wrote for TV came in they were like yeah man sometimes in the writer's room we can order whatever we want for lunch (laughs) and I remember just being like being like yeah I don't want to do that Uh, I don't want to be in a writer's room like um I mean that just sounds awful like a writer's room like doesn't that sound terrible a room full of writers it sounds like I mean in a way, they're wonderful, but yeah, like so. I was like, I want to do the journalism thing. So then I studied. I like just switched my major. That's I picked. I picked that to be my major, Bam. and I wrote for the Daily Free Press. Nice. Yeah, um, covered hard-hitting things like uh, I don't know, <laughs> like meetings. I it was very, uh, but it was actually great. Any of the things you wrote a before you went to college. Oh, that's a good. Question. And then any of the articles you wrote for the Free Press. The first thing I wrote for the Free Press was I covered the Boston Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool you got to go and like interview people and it was like basically you're just figuring interesting ways to be like this happened (laughs) and then you have to be like what do you think about this thing that's happening and people are like more or less being like telling you it's happening and you're like okay and then you have to go home and um I do remember that one of the very nice editors um I I think she must have been a uh she must have been like a junior. I'm trying to remember who it was. It was either someone named Deirdre Fulton, who writes great stuff and now is at the Portland Phoenix, or it was maybe Kate Davidson, who now I think is at the Washington Post. One of those two editors sat me down, because I remember I, wrote, I came back to file my story, and, um, and I went, okay, I'm going to write, I know how to write a news story. And, I, and do you remember in high school you had to write an essay where you were like, you start very broad and work your way like to your thesis statement? So I start started being like, sometimes there are awards, and sometimes those awards are given in Boston, and music is a thing. And she, they, she very nicely was like, uh, no, this is not, this is not how you write a news story. Like, uh, and I was like, oh, so like, she literally taught me how to write. I think it was, must have been, 
Yeah, it was Kate Davidson, I think. Um, uh, uh, she was like, no, no, this is how you do it. And I was like, oh, so she just taught me how to, like, be a reporter. Like, she just took the time over, like, for an hour and a half. and was like, no, 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 no. Uh, and then I just wrote for them for, like, a year or two. It was great. It was wonderful. What? I always imagine, like, weird situations that journalists get into. Is there any... What do you imagine? I don't know. Like, <laughs> like you got to go ask somebody about these things, and the only people that you can ask are, like, crazy man here. Like, it's the, like I know you didn't, like, see a murder or something or, like, have to interview, like, criminals. But, like, that's what I... When I think of a journalist, I imagine, like, Spotlight. I imagine the movie Spotlight okay. with all journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you imagine before last year when the movie came out? Mitch <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zuckoff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, all of the grad students had huge crushes on him. I didn't, because oh, I, I wasn't a journalist. He's a heart. He's a heartthrob. Oh, I've uh, heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the ladies yeah. Yeah. Well, well, he's uh, he's just a very nice guy. Yeah. That so helps. Um, yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. Um, he's, he's also not bad looking. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Being nice and good looking and very successful does tend to. That is that 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 all that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can see that now. Uh, yeah, he's great. Um, that's, uh, he's, he's super nice. Uh, what was the question again before we started talking about uh, all of the ladies? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I have this friend who... <laughs> yeah. um, weird situations you got into mm-hmm. with Oh, yeah, but they were wonderful because, like, they were also, like, helped me deal with the fact that um, I get very nervous talking to people. Same thing with stand-up. Like, I find that to be, like, the most overwhelming... Um, like I find I find bumping into people to be very um, very overwhelming because I mean yeah I think it's essentially like it's insane like because you don't know who you're you bump into someone that's like insane you like you, you have no prep for that you, you just like bump into someone and you have to like quickly recall everything that you know about that person and like be polite to them you're doing like eight things at once and like so I think like bumping into like a group of people is the most stressful thing in the world uh, we should preface this with the fact that while ordering food we bumped into three people that you know so yeah, my aunt and I'm always flustered I like I've never bumped into somebody and had it been like oh that was smooth like yeah I find it in- incredibly stressful uh all the time. Uh, <laughs> what do you think people expect from you? <laughs> like, to be a human being. I find that on cue, that to be, for that to be very difficult. So I like always find so, like, social interactions super, super stressful. Yeah, like... I've been practicing for years. <laughs> but but when, I'm, when I'm ambushed in social situations where somebody I don't expect to see there, like... Uh, like my my lovely aunt uh, and uh, who we just bumped into um, with the two sisters is, is is an example of how I'm always flustered and I'm like ah oh. uh, yeah so but reporting means you when you you're approaching someone so you're like there's someone over there I'm gonna go Judy. I'm gonna go uh, yeah someone named Judy uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go ask them a question yeah 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 and reporting was great because you get to go up to someone and like very. It would be rare where if I was like, what do you think about this music award show? And they, like, they rarely would be like, what do you think about it? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, so it's great. You're like, you it's, like a, it's a one-sided battle. Yeah. yeah, people are happy to talk about themselves. Okay. Uh, I love that you could go up at your discretion and be like, I'm going to approach this person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they see somebody who's like, who's like flustered. They're like, okay, I'll talk to this poor, <laughs> this poor kid. <laughs> yeah. You're like six feet tall. Who's calling you a kid? Well, I think, I mean, at the time I was probably 19. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. I do like, that's why I always like reporting because uh, you should find out about cool stuff and, but uh, yeah, so I, in terms of what situations, at BU you cover like, because they, it was a daily at the time. So you had like a, it was like the fourth largest daily oh, wow. in Boston. So you're covering stuff at the state house. You're interviewing like state senators. It was great. Uh, at the yeah, I would cover stuff like I covered the stem cell uh, thing. It was like a big issue at the time. So I would cover that. I got to learn the science and then ask people and then um, interview people who were like stem cell research could potentially help them. So yeah, it was like wonderful. I loved it. Um, and then I transitioned into stand-up comedy, which is intellectually deadening. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> How many? How long have you been doing comedy for? Three years. Yeah, you can. You still have a lot of hope. No, I mean, like you go into like the same venues at the same time. Um, you know, it's a lot of like, oh, 
that comedy club, they have a great, like, chicken club sandwich there. It's essentially, like, we get to order what we want in the writer's room. Uh, I mean, stand-up's great, but, yeah, like, in reporting, you would find something that you didn't know every single day. Right. And it was great. Yeah. And then in stand-up, you're, like, supposed to have the the ideas yourself. Right. And I find that, like, even, even if you think of them, you're like, no one... This is not a good idea that I'm saying. Like after. This is very funny to me because you're a successful stand-up comedian. Like. I mean. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting recognized by my aunt. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I can't even be in public. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she even asked you, like, I feel like her first question was like, "Where are you performing tonight?" Yeah. Like, yeah. Expectations that you're doing big things. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's all smoke and mirrors. Really? <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Like you're living in New York and you do this. And yeah, yeah. Professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that raises like different questions of like what is success in uh, in stand up. But yeah, I think it's not like I'm not saying like the ultimate. I'm not saying right, right. you're like at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're like doing what you want to do. Yeah. You don't have to have a day job. Right. Yeah. You write for publications people have heard of. Like that's. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like you're doing pretty. Yeah, I don't know how this came out of uh, <laughs> talking about how my life is going. Came out of uh, have I asked crazy people questions? Uh, Natural transition. Right, right. But I do still like doing that. I still like to like ask people questions and stuff. How often do you get to do that? Not as much. Yeah, yeah, not as much. Last year I did a, a thing that involved a little bit of like reporting for science stuff, which was fun. Um, I wrote Can this. Talk about it? Oh yeah, yeah. It was like that story about dinosaurs that like was super long. It came out, uh, and it was about like it was about like digging for dinosaurs. 10 years ago almost um, and so I got to do reporting on the science for that yeah. and doing like fact checking which was really really fun because you're like oh I thought I knew what this dinosaur was and it wasn't so um, yeah that's fun I'm still imagining I think I'm, I'm, I'm imagining the movie spotlight right now right right and you're like on the phone and you're like just like holding lots of paper for something like yeah. you never put the papers down you're just like on the phone holding papers I'm like knocking on doors and like a dinosaur answers the door and I'm trying to convince him to, to talk no. I'm like please this is gonna happen to other dinosaurs if you don't uh, <laughs> if you don't if you don't come forward yeah that seems believable to me I yeah. think that's a good like that's, that's visually spot yeah. on yeah yeah that's that's mostly what reporting is. No, it's a lot of papers, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of, like, oh, like, quibbling over minor, like, differences about stuff. Okay. <laughs> I feel like your, your face, you're just like, hmm, but I think it was just the word quibble. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a little bit of silliness in it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like arguing about small stuff is silly, and the the word like quibble is a kind of a silly word. So it like uh yeah yeah. I like words that uh that sound like what they are. Such as. Wait, like Kurt. Like Kurt. Someone being Kurt. Yeah, Kurt sounds like the word Kurt is Kurt. Yeah. Yeah yeah oh yeah yeah I don't mean like like the dude Kurt yeah. Sorry I should have. Oh you, oh, you mean the more popular version of the word that anyone would have assumed I meant? Yeah, yeah, but I said... Uh, but you said a word, not yeah, a yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like ordering a sandwich and just walking around. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds, um, that sounds awful to me. Why? Because you can really enjoy the sandwich while you walk around. Mm-hmm. Um. I can look at things. I'm also eating. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to people. No one asks questions if you're holding a sandwich. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm asking you outside of this context. Right, right, yeah. No, that's a, oh, that's exactly what's happening right now. <laughs> um, You're trying to eat a sandwich. And yeah, yeah. You a ton of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Walking with a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Like, so what I do often is I'll get either, like, a bonnie in Chinatown mm-hmm. and then walk through, like, Back Bay and over the bridge into Cambridge and then up Mass Ave. Do that a lot. Or, um... Oh man, the Longfellow Bridge with like salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, the salt. Yeah. Uh, they're re- they're renovating that whole thing, so yeah. it's way better now. Oh, uh, nice. well, it will when they take all the construction stuff down. But yeah, like oh, just like a good come on, like a good sandwich. Yeah. Oh, like a nice day. You're really trying to sell me on this. <laughs> it's so fun. I would yeah yeah I like to sit and eat. Uh, I think I would just get too distracted. I think I would bump into stuff and drop my sandwich. Where are you looking? I like to look at the food and be like, "This." You'd be like, "You're so good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like right now when I'm eating this, I'm everybody. I'm like, "You're. This is so good." <laughs> yeah. And like, like if I'm eating like salad, 
in the back of my head every time I take a bite, I'm like, I'm like, you're doing the right thing, Steve. Every almost every single bite. That's how Never all consume, literally all, consuming. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I mean, if it's a good salad, but the salads that I'm eating are not. Like, I don't try to spruce up. I don't split the difference. Like, if I'm eating a salad, it's like a healthy, yeah. like, uh, salad that I'm not enjoying myself. What? And right now, I have a steak and cheese, uh, buffalo chicken sub, what? potato chips, a piece of pizza. Salads? Well, I think that, like... They can be both healthy and taste good. I know, I know. But, uh, yeah. Some fruit in there and, like, some goat cheese. Is goat cheese unhealthy now? I don't think it's delicious. I love goat cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, like, what you're saying is, like, makes sense. But I'm... I don't do it. (laughs) It sounds like you're eating, like, a pile of leaves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like... The hardest leaves to chew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hardest leaves to chew is exact. Like that's the most accurate description of my uh, vegetable eating habits. Because I just want it over with. Yeah. And now you can like cross off like the list. Like I did like a healthy thing today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So while I'm chewing, I'm like, you're doing, you're doing great. And then, (laughs) so I couldn't be like walking around eating. Like if I was like walking around, like talking to myself about the leaves that I'm eating, then that's like too much going on. Yeah, I need to focus on like the sub. That's like, <laughs> oh, man. It's like a really sad short film about you eating a sub. Like, it would be heartbreaking. Light, yeah. It would be heartbreaking. It, the lights are coming in through like Venetian blinds. Yeah, yeah. Just like setting it up and like like this type of side that like brings your shoulders down. Yeah. yeah. It's and if anyone watching me eat a salad like that I had prepared myself would just be like just I would they would be heartbroken. Yeah. My roommate is like a chef and um, when he sees me preparing food, like the other day I, I was making, f- very often he, he pushes me out of the way and finishes what I'm cooking because I'm making it too sad or, or yeah, I'm just like making the worst version. Like I was making french fries the other day and uh, he came home and he looked at him and he he was like, I think just go in the living room, just go sit down. Uh, and then he, he brought them in, he finished them, he put like, garlic powder and cheese and they were amazing but I was just like um, I had cooked them enough in the oven that I felt that they were ready to be eaten but they were just like this like very like white uh, starchy like lukewarm um, hot hot salty potatoes yeah 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 it was not like it was not but I was like yeah but I want to eat them now he's like just go in the living room (laughs) yeah (laughs) you look so sad you look so sad I mean, it wasn't disgusting. I don't eat disgusting food, but is but right above that. (laughs) So it's technically edible. Technically edible describes what I make for myself a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Especially if I'm working. But then, like, I love great like food. Yeah. But that I have to like plan that into my day. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Again, again, you're like, yeah, that's how planning, that's how being an adult works. Yeah. Uncle that owned a bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't mean owning a bar does not mean you know how to cook. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think because we drove by it because I was, wasn't I driving you home from, was it from the main gig? Mm-mm. A different gig? Mendoza. Oh, from Mendoza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was only like a month ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Um, do you remember, can we talk about the gig in Maine that we did mm-hmm. in a gazebo? What do you, what sticks out in your mind? about that gig and where was it do you remember I'm gonna say like York but it was beautiful I think it was farther north than that and it was beautiful you talked to some dude about fishing or something yeah yeah that sound that could be any that could be any gig though could it? that's all I want to talk about yeah yeah why because <laughs> I love it I'm obsessed yeah we're gonna get back to that mm-hmm. but... what do you remember from that gig I remember that our voices were being projected onto the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the daytime. Mm-hmm. And there were children around. And I could I had to modify everything that I normally said. Yeah, like, I think our our voices were being, like, carried away from who should have been listening. And, like, sort of echoing off, like, off, like, some hills across, like, a tidal river yeah. that, like, had rocks on it. And uh, it was, like, a beautiful sunset that we were performing in a gazebo yeah. for... Uh, and seven people? It's like seven people. Yeah, two of whom barely spoke English. Right. They spoke French. I, think, I tried to speak a little bit of French to them, and I was like, ah, I'm done, I'm out of my day. How do you think that, that show went for you? Um, 
as well as it could have. Yeah. I guess I talked to the popcorn maker from yeah. the stage because I was like, I don't know what else to do. That was. Uh... Wait, how do you think the show went for me? Oh, I think it went great. <laughs> I think, I think it was a really good experience. Yes. Uh, for you to have, um, I think you did. Uh, yeah, I think you did uh, the best you could have. I think didn't didn't um, didn't you open with a joke that I recommended in the future you didn't open with? <laughs> you did. You did recommend that I. But then I don't remember which joke it was. I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I just remember you weren't. You didn't ease them into, uh, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Like I remember, it was like I was like the premise. It was the premise. It was like it wasn't dirty or anything, but I was like. I mean, it was so funny what you opened with. It was like <laughs> I forget the premise. I forget it too. It was something like that that like Lena Dunham would be talking about on Girls, and you like oh broadcast it to no, to. Oh, it was like a very like like astute, uh, like maybe interesting thing to say. And I, I was like, we're in a gazebo. <laughs> we're not changing hearts and minds in a gazebo. These people are like... Uh, but then look how well... I don't know if you did any of that. Like, look how great that set was uh, the other night at that Cambridge uh, show. That was fantastic. What is that? It was Town Hall. Danger Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a great set there. Well, thank you. I love your story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, have you, where's, what's happened with that? That's just the thing. I'm, I'm, it's a work in progress, yeah, oh. so we'll see. Uh, I really that, liked that. I thank like, you very oh, much. Huh? Thank you. Yeah, this yeah. Like, like, heartwarming isn't the exact right word, but it's just like, like, aw. Like, like oh. I want to hug a kid. Thank but you. But like, not really hard or anything. Yeah, it's about, uh, well, well, hopefully it'll come out. Uh, I'm still working on it, though. Okay. Yeah, I, I work on a little long, long, silly things that sometimes never, uh, <laughs> never, never appear. But, uh, yeah. So, you're published in The New Yorker and The Onion. What are some of the stories that you want to pitch them? Uh, I don't know if you can actually talk about that. Mm -hmm. And also, like, how did that even start? Um, well, the only thing, I really don't do a lot um, for The New Yorker. I've only done two things for their online, and then I did a cartoon. Um, in 2010, I worked with an artist um, named Lindsay Moss, who's great, and that came out of just like, um, sorry, meeting, uh, like hanging around with a bunch of people, um, like joking around, and Somehow it came up to be like, somehow it came up that like, I was like, oh, it's like a New York cartoon joke. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, like, it's too bad. I said something like along the lines of like, too bad I don't draw because I have all these New Yorker cartoons jokes. Like, you know, if you like write for, I'm sure you've experienced, sometimes there's like, here's a joke that's really good for Twitter. Here's a joke that's better for stand-up. Like, here's a joke for, um, so that's like the way it was, like, there would be like an onion joke is an onion joke and sometimes there's overlap but it's really there like oh that's that's an onion headline oh like that's a um, stand up joke that's a New York cartoon I had all these ones like that I'd written down but they were not um, but like I don't draw so um, and she very nicely she was like oh just send me the ideas I'll draw them and like um, I don't think we realize how much work it is to like tell somebody else how to draw your vision of something but um, it's a ton of work on the artist part and like not much work on my part uh, but she like very nicely was like alright send me like 10 ideas and she she's just like yeah I just am bored uh, I'll do it and she's a great uh, artist and uh, we made a packet of maybe 10 or 12 nice. and um, sent them and they bought the very first one what? that we on our I think, on our, I think on, on our packet they bought like the top one and then uh, they ran it like six months later and then we submitted a bunch more and they didn't buy any for like a year or something and we were doing these packets off and on and like, uh, you know, it's like a hard process, and they don't take a, a high number of submissions. Um, and then we just kind of, like, I think it's a lot of work on the artist part, and uh, then I just kind of, like, was doing stuff with the youngins, so got just moved away from it. Um, yeah, so that was fun. That was cool to be in the magazine. Um, that was 2010. And then um, I've done some, like, online shouts and murmurs for them, which are, like, these silly humor pieces. You know what, when that happened? Uh, I was... Yeah, probably 24, 25. Uh, I mean, but but to be fair, so a lot of stuff happened for me in 2010, but I had been doing comedy since 2007. Oh, yeah. And that, those years in your 20s feel like a long three years, you know, when you're like, you're like trying to do things. In 2010, I got 
something in the New Yorker, my first stuff in the Onion, my first thing in the Atlantic Online. Um, but before that, I like literally, had, I was like, Boston Comedy Festival. Uh, oh, I think I had been rejected from the festival like two years in a row. Um, yeah, so I had like nothing in 2009, and in 2010, like everything kind of came out of nowhere. So, yeah, but for those couple of years before that, it was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I had like written for the Globe, I think. Um, but yeah. Do you remember what you wrote for the Globe? Yeah, I wrote, um, I wrote a, a science story about fossils when I was still an undergrad, and they bought that. That was just like science reporting. And, um, and then I wrote like a humor piece for their Sunday magazine about like a silly thing about dreams, and they published that in 2007, I think. Um, so, you know, there's like long gaps between, uh, I don't publish a lot of stuff very often. There's like, a lot of gaps between them. Yeah. Go back to yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Why am I obsessed with it? Yeah, why? Why do you like fishing? I just, I don't know. I think I've, I've just always like been obsessed with it. Like I always, like I never want to stop. If I'm on a boat, like I don't want to get off the boat. Um, yeah, and so like the last couple of years, my buddy has a boat out of Situate, so we've been fishing. Last year it wasn't in the water so much, but I go fishing out of Situate a lot. Um, How much is a lot? Uh, like, I would say I don't go fishing a lot. Maybe some people in my life who <laughs> would say that I fished that during the summer of 2014, that spending two days a week out for 10 hours on a boat is too much. Um, That's a lot, yeah. Yeah, that is a lot. Uh, I realize like that now. Being like a professional fisherman. Right, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not particularly no, no, no. I'm not particularly good at fishing. I just really like it. Uh, like I'm, yeah. I just love it. So, uh, and in the winter I ice fish too, which uh, mm-hmm, which is like a lot of fun. This year was uh, really dangerous, or more dangerous during the fishing derby. So I went. They had to postpone the fishing derby by two weeks. You say the fishing derby like everyone right. knows what you're talking right, about. Right, right, right. And. I also say it's the most important part of my year. Uh, my year really revolves around uh, the second week of February. Yeah. Um, what is this fishing derby? It's in uh, it's the Meredith Rotary Fishing Derby, but there are many. Uh, but this is the and there's like fifty four thousand dollars in prize. I think it changes a little bit every year, but uh, first place is usually fifteen thousand um, dollars. And uh, yeah, I I invite people up and we uh, try to catch fish. This year we didn't catch any fish, which was uh, disappointing. Um, the year before that we caught a lake trout and a uh, and a cusk. The year before that we, we caught a cusk. Yeah. Which what is, is a cusk? It's a god-awful looking fish that looks like a mix between an eel um, and like a, a cod and a nightmare. It's a, uh, yeah, but they're, they're delicious to eat and they're a lot of fun and they're kind of more sustainable. Do you cook them? Um, yeah, like I cook them or like uh, we cook them as a group whenever we catch them. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes somebody else handles, like, making the fish chowder, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Fish chowder? Yeah, it's delicious. Oh, it's so amazing. good. It's, so, it's, it's lovely. It's, you know what? There is a happy ending. That is a, that is a happy food that I make. Yeah. That, okay, so that's the, the that's like, the that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. So, wait, do you guys, like, I have only seen ice fishing in film and television. Mm-hmm. So is it just, like, a box that you sit in, or, like, how does this work? Mm. Well, one of the spots we fish is not too far from a cottage that I have in New Hampshire. And by I, I mean my parents. They okay. let me use it. Yeah, I'm doing very well to accommodate them. Yeah. My parents have a cottage. Um, so, but then we set up like a, basically a, like a tent structure on the, so, but if it's nice out, we just go, sometimes we clear off the space and play hockey. Um, when you say nice out, what do you Nice would be like anything over 20 degrees and sunny. Then you don't. You barely even need the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I can't imagine that if there is ice, no. that it is nice outside. Oh, can I tell you? Like moving to New York has is so intimidating, except for um, because everything's like expensive and yeah. everyone's insane and everyone's like in a rush. Um, and the one like time I felt confident was like once it would turn to like February, January, February, Every from, everyone from New York on all those days this past year when it was like five degrees or like, like t- five below, yeah. um, everyone in New York is like such a wimp when it comes to being cold because, and they're, cause they're not used to being outside. It, it's, a, it's like, it's, 
it's a it's a very like mole people. Uh, uh, <laughs> they they kind of like scurry in and out there, and they leave the subway all the time. Right. But there's such like people were like on subway platforms just like, being like oh, just like openly moaning because it was so cold. And I was like, yes, it's cold, but it's not like it because you're from North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, it's so yeah. I think, like, I read this. I heard it on a podcast. Yeah, uh, that's that's our generation in a nutshell. I read. Okay, I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, if, you, um, if you're born here and you, like, develop in this weather, yeah. then you can deal with it better for the rest of your life, but if you don't. Yeah. You're all, are you always cold in the winter? I'm freezing. I'm cold now. Like, you should. That's why you should come ice fishing because you like you. If you get so cold, then the rest of the winter is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I just imagine like you adjust to it. You guys are like you guys are fishing, and then you look over, and then I'm just like a frozen person. Yeah. And then it's like, what happened? Oh, she she died. She, she just died. Just got yeah, too yeah. Cold, and she just like her how, body stopped. How was ice fishing? It was great. Uh, Kenise died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That seems accurate. Yeah, we, we're. We're lucky. It, it's never that cold. Sometimes it snows and it's windy. I'm really selling you on no, this, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's snowy, windy, and below freezing. It's also dangerous. And dangerous. Yeah, you could fall through and drown in water. The only water that's around uh, that hasn't froze could kill you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful weekend. A joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A joy. yeah. It's yeah, great. It's great. A great picture. Well, people come. People come back. Yeah. So. Okay, so things people should know about you. Fishing. Yes, I think everybody everybody probably knows that. Um, I mean, somebody just texted me striper season. St- sorry, that's a, like my last text. Um, <laughs> is that a picture of like where is that water? Um, that is somewhere in New York. Uh, my buddy and I are trying to catch a uh, striper out of New York. So uh, like, just like from the island, from like, Manhattan or Queens, like Breezy Point, or somewhere in Manhattan, so uh, Brooklyn probably is where we're gonna catch it. You're gonna catch fish in Brooklyn. You can eat the fish because they're like migratory species, so, so they're, they're not like living. Up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'll eat it, but we want to catch a fish <laughs> okay. out of New York, like proper. Yeah. Wait. So it's not like the thing where you like cast a thing. You just have like a pole and like you drop it. You know. I mean, you just yes, yeah, yes to all that. <laughs> it is, it is that. But not like like the long one where you like have to like. Oh, are you talking about fly fishing versus? Yes, it's so like it, it, so it's 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 casting. It's right. not this back and forth casting. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No. Okay. So it's you do have to cast okay. with a rod, okay. but it's not fly fishing really, which we could do though. Uh, but I'm not I'm not good at fly fishing. Um, I don't know if either of us understand the question at this point, but uh, yes, casting. We haven't caught anything yet, um, but we will. It's the season still like, early, early. Like a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, like yeah, like uh, we want to catch a fish on it like a Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, nice. Yeah, it'll be fun. Like, are there other people also fishing here? We've like met a couple people, um, but we're still like getting the lay of the land. Okay. Uh, we How went, old are these other people? Um, <laughs> I would say if you took my age and my friend's age and added them together, okay. that's the age of the other people. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, but we haven't, we've only really gone like twice so far. Um, and do you even catch like small things? Like how big are the fish that we're uh, If we catch them, they'd be between like maybe 15 and 40 inches, somewhere between 40 that. Inches? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if those ones would come that close, but maybe 30 inches, I think is a keeper, somewhere around that 28 inches probably in New York. I have to okay. wait to look up the regulations, but. Uh, oh, wait. Like, if it's bigger than a certain size, you shouldn't? Or how does that work? I feel like anyone listening to this podcast has heard enough about this and you know, would no longer <laughs> cares, no cares about. about. Okay. Uh, well, I'll answer one more question about fishing because okay. if not, I won't be able to stop talking about fishing. <laughs> I'm going to edit a lot of it out. Yeah, yeah. This can't all make it in. There's no way that... Um, what's my, okay, I got one more question about fishing. Yeah. Um, did you go fishing with your family when you were young? Yes, but, like, my dad took me fishing, like, in the same way that, like, my dad and I, like, played catch. But, like, you know, we did, like, it was, like, just a regular father-son thing that my dad was, like, could have gone either way and was, like, yes, this is nice and enjoyable. Um, and I, like, 
from the beginning was like, okay, we got to be up by five tomorrow morning. I think that uh, brook trout are biting, so we're going to want to go on go with a mealworm. I think my dad was always like, all right. Uh, so at some point, I had to like branch off because like my dad. Once I was about seven, my dad wasn't taking it. <laughs> He wasn't taking it serious enough. Like, he would want to sleep in. Uh, and he, like, very nicely would take me at, like, sunrise, uh, like, at least, like, three times a summer while we would go camping. He would take me all the time. But, like, at some point I had to be like, you're, like, Dad, you're not taking this seriously. Uh, I need to go on my own. And, uh, and How did you get there as an eight-year-old? One time I, I, uh, I, would, I would wake up on my own as long as I didn't wake anyone up. They were fine. And I, and I was allowed to. And then one time I got bit by a water snake. Uh, and I, because I uh, saw a snake, and I got so excited. Physically getting to these locations. I would just walk. If we were like camping, or there was a pond in my house where I grew up, that it was like a ten or fifteen minute walk. And I had a friend named Kyle McLaughlin. I would call his house every morning during the summer, right when we were like ten years old. This is our phone conversation. Hi, is Kyle? Uh, hi, this is Steve. Is Kyle there, please? Just a moment. Hi, Kyle. Hey, Steve. Uh, do you want to go fishing? Uh, yep. Okay. Let's go. And I would every single day I mean we went yeah like every single day uh, uh, so at one point I was afraid this is earlier that was probably when we were 10 or 12 we did that um, but earlier when I was like maybe set between 7 and 10 I got bit by a water snake but I was afraid that I was going to lose my fishing privilege, privileges uh, to be alone uh, and then it, it had two fang marks in my hand but I didn't know I didn't think it was poisonous I was like almost positive uh, and I was like okay that's just this type of snake but I was like man what if it is poisonous and then I die so I weighed my own death against uh, the prospect of not being able to fish by myself anymore and I chose my own death oh <laughs> So it wasn't a poison. It clearly wasn't a poison okay. snake. But I think it's important to know that at some point I went. Ugh. I mean, is it worth living? Is it, is it worth living if I if I can't go fishing anymore? I think it was at Nickerson State Park in Cape Cod. I think that's where that happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a dedication I did not know at the age of seven. I don't know that. I don't know exactly how old. I mean, you can probably figure out like at what age do you make that decision mm. with that logic. But uh, but yeah. Wow. Uh, that's so. That's that's uh, fishing. I once chose the possible, like a fifty percent chance of death over giving up my my you fishing. Sure at all. I was like, I was like, and then I like hung around my my parents like later on that day just to make like if I did kill over, they would be like, I saw something's wrong, and I, I've never told them. Well, I don't think I thought it through that much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I reached in, I saw a snake, I was like, that's cool. It bit me, and I went, oh, I'm not going to be able to fish anymore. (laughs) So you live in New York. Mm -hmm. What are the things about this area that you miss, besides this double sandwich business? Um, I miss a lot about, um, I miss Somerville. Well, I don't know, like, everyone in my neighborhood um, yet, so it's weird moving to a place where, um, where... Like, um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird moving to a place where you're just like kind of. It's exciting, but um, like I just went for a run. Here's, here's like some of in a nutshell. I just went for a run. I was going up. Uh, well, I won't say the street. <laughs> going up a street uh, in Somerville. I saw my buddy, uh, my buddy Joe, and his dad is a, uh, a, a you. Uh, he's a congressman. Um, so I talked to him. So, pet his dog, who I haven't seen in a while. Yeah. It's great to catch up with with with, uh, with Primo. Um, saw Joe, talked talk to his dad for a minute. And then, so in Somerville, as I was talking to uh, a congressman, my buddy Phil drove by in his scrap metal truck and yelled and just saw me and just like went like, Mah! and like <laughs> laughed and drove on. And I haven't seen him in a while. And like, so that was like, uh, I was like, oh, it's good to be like home yeah. for a little bit. And then in Queen, like in Queens is like a wonderful place, yeah. but it's, um, yeah, it's like there's still people yelling at me, but they're all just crazy and they don't know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so why did you choose Queens over like Brooklyn? Um, I probably should have been in, in. I mean, it's a little bit cheaper than. Um, I had an apartment. I live with Jono, uh, which is like a, a great setup. Jono and um, and one, another comic. Um, and the apartment came up at the right time. It was like um, the right price. Uh, 
So, um, I think I just chose that. I think I was looking, I almost lived with um, Sean Wilkinson in Harlem, mm -hmm. in that apartment, where people have lived, lots of comics have lived there. But I just chose, I don't know, I just it's just like the right time. And it is great. And it's good to live with other comics because I've like, you know, m met people through them and go. I go out to shows uh, with them occasionally. So, it's a... Uh, it's fun. Yeah. I feel like I should tell you more about this place. Yes, please do. Do you have any other questions about this place? Okay, so what are some of the interesting things that you see go down here? Because like, this is like super local. Like it's Well, this is like, I feel like this is like a, this restaurant has been around since before Davis was as cool yeah. as it is. I mean, it was always like a cool place uh, or is like popular. Necessarily right. with the other things that are here. Yeah, also, I don't know if this is true, um, but they have pitchers here. Um, well, they do have pitchers. Uh, <laughs> but, um, okay. and they have buckets of beers. But, um, not a lot of places still have pitchers in Somerville, and I don't know if that's by their choice, or I think it might be a rule that you're not allowed to have. And this is a rumor I heard. So it's, really? the, see, I'm not a journalist anymore. I'm not checking mm. anything. Mm. Um, but, like, tavern. On the hill still has pictures, the pub still has pictures, this place does. So like any place like um, that's that still has pictures, which means you can drink more beer, it's cheaper, has a different vibe to it. Um, but I think they're like grandfathered in to have pictures. That may be not true, but that's Are like they open later than other places? They might be. And they like had a liquor like you know how that you know how like people use liquor licenses to control uh, to like wield political power? Like yeah. they've had a liquor license for they it's like, in a way, this place is like above the fray because it's got the foot traffic and yeah. it's, it doesn't like need to cater to the whims of like uh, style. Or yeah, it's just trends. it's great for people watching. Um, like they have cheap beer. It's like fun place to go on like a weekend night yeah. or like during the day. Well, There's like, a game because there are TVs everywhere. TVs everywhere. I I just like it. Um, yeah, and it's been here since before it was cool to, like, be in Davis Square. So yeah. I I, uh, I like that. And there's so much... It's, like, um, it's work-adjacent because it's, like, there's so many comedy shows at the some of the Davis Square Theater and the Burren. So this, I always, like, would come here and get a slice of pizza. If I would, like... If I was coming between shows, going to the Burren, I would get a slice of pizza here first. Um, it was my own, like, little, like my little Louis moment where I eat the pizza and throw it away on my way into not the comedy cellar but the uh, the uh, the Baron yeah my family grew up on uh, a bunch a couple streets over on Irving Street which is where Orleans is now oh yeah 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 so they had a house there right in the end of it right next to uh, what is now Orleans um, what was it when you were growing up you know when it was uh, when my father was growing up it was the Venice Cafe I guess um, which is no longer uh, like many places in Davis are uh, no longer there but uh, I've lived yeah. here twice, uh, and it is weird to be like, oh yeah, this is like, oh, that isn't there anymore. Okay, not, it's this yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so final question. What is your advice to comics planning to move from Boston to New York now that you've been there for a while? Um, my uh, advice would be, I got great advice years ago from Greg Fitzsimmons, and I, uh, like all great advice, I ignored it and then listened to it like years later. He was like, "Yeah, go like go back and forth. Like that's the best. Um, the best advice is to like is to do it halfway. Like, um, I mean, I didn't come home for like two months, the, like the last two months, but now basically." get a place down there and then come back and get stage time here and you learn a lot from going back and forth. It's just brutal to be on the bus that much or the train. But um, but you learn a lot there and then you're getting great stage time and work here. So like a lot of my work is still in New England where I'm making money. Um, but to, I would say like, keep one foot in each place for even if it's for six months or the first year and a lot like Ryan Donahue I'll like see Ryan Donahue on the bus or like Emma Wellman and we're like yeah. and we're, you just go back and forth all the time to wherever like the the good shows are so um yeah I would say like to do it kind of piecemeal whenever makes sense for you because you like it's not like all the answers are in New York like you go there and some of the shows are not amazing and you're like there's wonderful shows there but you're like oh there's still great things about performing in Boston so um, I would say uh, just do it a little bit <laughs> okay. like I, I feel like people are like I'm gonna go all in uh, it's like no there's great things about uh, you know come back once a month and still perform in, um, in New York because it or I'm sorry in, in New England because it's great to do a half an hour 
feature spot in uh, Maine once in a while, and it like makes you more well-rounded, I think. So that wasn't an exciting answer, but it's the truth. Uh, yeah. Oh, I would say, uh, yeah, you want to go in and uh, you walk right to the comedy cellar and you um, you perform outside of it and then they'll notice you and then that's then then you're on. Then you're past. Yeah, you just like start a show outside the comedy cellar and then they'll, uh, usually that's how you get booked. You, you uh, perform in the street. And then uh, they see, oh, everyone's gathering around, and then, uh, and then they'll, they'll probably book you that night or the next night. Oh, okay. But it could take up to three days to get to get past there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's my advice. That's what is the craziest thing that you've seen someone do to try to get booked or like get stage time here or in New York? Oh, that's a great question. I wish I had time to think about this. Um, there's always like. Uh, I love like Rick Jenkins stories about people call like people calling as their like friends managers <laughs> yeah. and being like well, my client and it's like what's the name of your of your uh, agency uh, the like <laughs> it's ketchup agency uh, like people pretending to be managers is like a personal favorite of mine just because it's like implies both like hubris but like teamwork uh, <laughs> like like you sucked in another person uh, I love the fake manager call. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, there's a great story about barking, which is like sort of related about um, a barker, and they just crack down on this, like being like, "Oh, come, come see Louis C.K., Jerry Seinfeld," and what they mean is like those comics half performed at the club. Um, there's a story where I think Gary Goldman uh, was like, "Like, oh, who's in the show tonight?" To this, to a barker, and they were like, "Oh, so and so, so and so, Gary Goldman." <laughs> <laughs> Goldman was like, I'm Gary Goldman. <laughs> I am not on the show tonight. <laughs> I think that's the story. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Right now it's like a little more self-policing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any... I, I would, I would have, that's something I have to think about. There's no like shortage of just blind hubris. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, guys, this has been Person About Time. We've been with Steve McConey at Mike's in Davis. If you listen to this, you've probably actually been here. So have a great day. Bye.